All right, welcome. This is episode two of Churn and Burn. This is James back again. Uh, wanted to quickly do some housekeeping, episode two here. I really appreciate the response I got from a lot of people. Seem to enjoy the first episode. And uh, my goal for this one is to improve a little bit on my audio quality. Realized after uh, listening back to it, there's a little boomy. And um, something I'm probably going to improve on as we continue through the episodes. Uh, I got another solo uh, trip for myself this week, but I'm going to go ahead and spoil episode three and say I'm going to have a guest and it will not be my trip that is reported. It's going to be somebody else. Uh, But today I have something pretty special uh, from a trip I took over the summer and uh, next week, I'm actually going to Montreal with my dad, um, which is going to be pretty cool for a few days. And I may end up doing an episode on that. I haven't really decided yet. Just got so many, uh, kind of overwhelmed with the amount of guests that uh, reached out to me or potential guests for some future episodes. So that's going to be really cool. Really excited. Um also, really quickly, this should be on Apple Podcasts now as well as Spotify. I'm working on getting it out to some other platforms like Pocket Casts, but it's just going to take a little bit. I am really excited, though, that I'm on the two, seems like the two major platforms. Um, if there's a platform you would like this to be on, please do not hesitate to give me an email and uh, we'll make it happen somehow. So, without any further ado, I'm going to get an episode two. Uh, Paris and Disneyland Paris. So the origin behind this trip is that this was actually a pre-COVID trip from yesteryear uh, that my wife and I wanted to do and we'd never been to Paris before so it was a big thing of ours and we Enjoy Disney on like a 7 out of 10 level, not a 9 out of 10 Disney adult level, but it was always on our kind of bucket list. So uh, we booked all this probably about a year out for a summer Paris week-long vacation. I did the uh, Air France booking with membership rewards points transferred to Air France, Flying Blue. And I booked the business class seats. There were 65,000 flying blue points a piece. Uh, I think the lowest uh, redemption for those now has actually gotten lower from the East Coast because we're flying from Atlanta to Charles de Gaulle. Uh, I want to say it's maybe 55,000 now. At the time, I think 65 was really good. Honestly, the devaluation that I feel like we got maybe a year ago with Air France is really rough now. I don't know if you check the business class prices, but they're frequently in the 150 to 300 and something thousand range, unless you find the standard availability, which seems to be really rare. You will occasionally find that leading up to a a flight, like just days before, the day before, they will release a lot of seats. And I don't know if I'd recommend booking a trip like this, obviously, but just something to kind of point out there. Seems to be the case with a lot of premium 
cabin space. But nevertheless, we booked the round trip nonstops from Atlanta to Charles de Gaulle, all in business class. We originally booked uh, A350, which at the time I think was the newest business class seat. They have since released a newer one that honestly doesn't really look very different from anything else Air France have had over the last few years. The only real differences that I've noticed with the seats that they have released over the last five or six years has just been the upholstering and the size of the screen. Nothing else really seems to be very different. Uh, This flight had numerous issues. Just a few, I think, weeks before the flight, we got a equipment change notification to a 777-777, sorry, 777-300, which is an older product. Although having flown it, I'm not really convinced that it's an inferior product, which was fine because we were flying out on a Friday night and our intention was to fly back uh, on Sunday, I believe. So that was all fine and good. But then the huge fiasco ensued the morning before, uh, the day before our flight. So this was Thursday morning. We're supposed to fly out Friday evening out of Atlanta. I got the email from Air France that our flight had been canceled and no immediate resolution was given. I was completely terrified. Come to find out that there was a pilot strike at Charles de Gaulle and there were basically no, uh, not enough pilots to fly the routes. I had to call in, and fortunately, uh, Saturday flight from Atlanta was available. I think there were a few seats available in business class, but I was on hold for quite some time with Air France, and by the time I was connected with the right person who could rebook me into business class on the next evening's flight from Atlanta, the space was gone and they were unable to or unwilling to get me a seat. I kind of panicked and I started to ask, you know, what is available all the while I'm looking on my laptop trying to figure out what we're going to do because, you know, we're, we're supposed to fly out and there's really nothing. Everything is being sucked up, and it's it was very unfortunate. I kind of had a terrible four hours calling, calling back, and calling different departments, and asking for people to help me. And the the uh, very short version of what eventually happened is I was offered, and in in sarcastically say was offered, I was offered a flight from JFK to Charles de Gaulle. Uh, in business class on Saturday night. And when I told them that I was in Atlanta, they said, we're sorry, there's no space on the flights from Atlanta to JFK that we can book. We don't have access to the space and blah, 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 blah. I obviously tried to argue and I hung up and called again as the popular adage goes. To no avail. Uh, seemed like this was just some sort of brick wall policy that they were enacting. And there came a point where I realized that if I didn't go ahead and just take what I could get, that we were 
probably not even going to go on this trip. So we had to find a flight to JFK, which I did. I actually used, I want to say it was about 80,000 sky miles with Delta that we needed to get to JFK because booking the day before was quite expensive. So I had to pony up a large amount of emergency Delta miles to get us to JFK. We had quite a time at JFK. We had to retrieve our bag. We had to recheck our bag. We had to clear security again. We had to change terminals. It was all very somewhat stressful. And by the time we finally had uh, arrived at our gate, there wasn't even enough time to enjoy any lounges. And so we got on the flight. The actual flight was pretty nice. It was only really seven hours or or so overnight. I I thought the meal was pretty good. It was your typical Air France French meal. I remember they gave us some uh, chocolates for dessert, which were really pretty good, maybe a little cold from the refrigeration. Uh, the reason I would actually say that the 777 older business class is not really inferior because I've heard that people say that the A350, the newer seat, is a little more hard. And I got to tell you, for an overnight flight, when you're laying down, that 777 seat is very soft, is very cushy. There's a lot of padding in it. I thought it was great. And it's a lot more comfortable, I think, than some of the other business class seats that I've been on that can be kind of firm. Uh, Delta A350 sweets, I'm, I'm looking at you. Those are kind of firm to me. So I, I really like that product. Air France business class is very predictable. It's not anything crazy. It's it's probably the most common seat configuration you can find in business class. Kind of like, a, reminds me a little bit of the United Polaris if you've done that. Like a herringbone style. And the food was was very good. Um, it was such a short flight that when they served us breakfast, I wasn't super hungry. So we kind of just deplaned and got our bag and no issues there. The only thing I'd say about Charles de Gaulle was the taxi situation. First time I was there was a little hectic. I was confusing people yelling at you. It took us a while to figure out Uber was in a different spot. So if you're flying in Charles de Gaulle, just realize Uber and taxis seem to be in a different area. I did want to take a second to point out that I tried to file a claim with Air France. There's a law called uh, EU-261 that basically says you're entitled to so much money if a flight is canceled on you. And there's ways to calculate how much you're owed. And I emailed Air France back and forth. They claimed that I was not entitled to any kind of compensation because I, I won't go into the detail, but basically they said it was as, as an act of God, like a pilot sh- strike was an act of God. It was actually a pilot strike, by the way, they were striking. And it even says in the legal documentation that strikes of staff are not covered under the uh, airline exemptions. So legally they're supposed to pay And I actually figured out I was owed about $900 per passenger, which is a lot of money for me. And 
I decided to fight this. Uh, I went back and forth with them. I, you know, escalated it with Air France. And over the course of maybe two months, I came up short and they just kept saying, no, no, this is, uh, this doesn't apply. EU-261 is not made for this, blah, 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 blah. I finally, um, as a last ditch effort, I tried to contact, um, one of those companies that will fight these for you. Uh, if you don't know, there's lots of these services that they will fight it for you and they'll take like a 30% finder's fee. And I don't even remember the service I used. I think it was like fight something, fight flight or something like that. They took my information down. I filled out the forms and about... Maybe 60 days later, found out from them that they were not going to be able to do anything for me. I, I think basically they decided it was just too much trouble. And so I was awarded nothing. And I, I kind of just kind of gave up at that point. It seems like Air France's opinion on this is that they're going to refuse these claims until the EU actually does something. And from a lot of my reading, there's not a whole lot being done. But, uh, so yeah, that, that was uh, probably a little long-winded, but I did want to make everybody aware um, that you can at least try if this happens to do something. But we took an Uber to our hotel. Uh, we kind of figured out that the train would be a lot longer. And oddly, this was um, really like one of two times we actually took an Uber in Paris. We took another one to go back to the airport Um which we really didn't have to do, but we kind of wanted to. And that is a little bit of a spoiler for the trip. The public transportation in Paris is amazing. We mostly took trains with a few buses scattered here and there. So maybe one of the most well-connected transit cities I've ever been to with uh, London and New York being uh, maybe a close second. So the hotel we stayed at was the Prince de Gaulle, and which is a Marriott-owned property. I think it's a luxury collection. And I looked at a lot of properties for this trip. The Hyatt Regency was looked at, but the location was a little too far, even though it is connected to a major train station that's right underneath it. It just kind of seemed like every time we wanted to go anywhere, we were going to have to get on a train immediately, which wasn't really the kind of trip we were trying to have, even though the, the points price for that hotel is really, really reasonable. Good budget option if you're looking. Also looked at the Hilton Opera, but all of the standard rooms, I think, are, are like double-sized beds, which was a, a non-starter for my wife and I. And I'd heard some mixed things about the property, people saying it had kind of gone downhill during covid and so we sort of decided not to do that. I also looked at the Park Hyatt, but it was actually peak points pricing for Hyatt at the time. And I just wasn't really ready to pony up. I think it was something like 40000 a night for the Park Hyatt, which I have not stayed there, but I've been told that it's, it's starting to get a little bit dated and having some smaller issues for a hotel like that. So we, we decided for a 400,000 Marriott 
Bonvoy points using the fifth knight free benefit, we were going to book the Prince de Gaulle. I had only one uh, kind of issue with this stay. I was going to try to use my five Marriott Sweet Knight Awards that I'd earned from being a platinum that year. And unfortunately, uh, I had had them extended because no one would use them the year that I was given them. No, no hotel would accept them. I had tried and they just kept getting refused. And I had read that this hotel was very good about accepting them. And so I wanted to apply them, except there was one problem. The extension that Marriott gave me on these, since no one would use them uh, for me, was uh, six months. And unfortunately, this trip was in July. And so I think the um, actual stay uh, started like just days after they expired. So I called Marriott probably a dozen times and begged for just like a 10-day extension on the Sweet Night Awards. And I was refused every time, every time they refused. It was very upsetting, but I get it. You know, it was six months. It is what it is. They already gave me an extension. And so I was unable to use those. However, uh, I, I hell married and in a last-ditch effort, I actually decided to email the general manager of the hotel. I, I couldn't tell you how I found his email. Um, some of the properties that you'll Google, it will be very easy to kind of detective your way into finding the emails of the people who manage them. Uh, this was maybe, I would say, a medium hard you kind of have to, through a series of LinkedIn and maybe I think Rocket Reach is the site, you can sort of suss out what their email is. It's not always doable, but if you kind of do a little detective work, you can do it. And so I emailed him, explained my problem, gave him the whole backstory on the Sweet Night Awards. To my shock, he put us into a mosaic suite, which is a real true suite with a separate Living in bedroom is a really nice suite. I want to say the cash rate for it was over $1,000 a night. I mean, it was more generosity than I ever thought we would have. I guess he saw I was a platinum and just thought, eh, you know, I, I feel bad for this guy and he did me a solid. So the hotel itself is one of the best days I've ever had. The suite itself is great. I don't know when this place was last renovated, but the hardware was really, really good. Didn't really show a lot of signs of being worn. And I just really liked the room. The whole hotel has this sort of art deco thing going on, which I guess you love or hate it. I really liked it. And can't say enough good things about it. The bed and the pillows were amazing. Um, very roomy for a Paris hotel. And uh, the bathroom was wonderful. Two sinks, his and hers style. Minor criticism of the room. The charging was very slow. Obviously, you have to bring your own conversion ports for the charging, like your United States to Europe style. But the charging speeds were so slow. I mean, it would be like, 
hours to charge something like a phone or a laptop. So you had to charge everything overnight. Like I probably would at home anyway. So really a minor concern, but just something to note if you stay here. Unfortunately, we slept so well every day that we would miss breakfast every day. It's kind of depressing. I I don't even think we got room service. We would just sleep until 10 or 11, and by the time we were sort of up and awake, we would just be, you know, not. it was too late to get breakfast, so we would just leave and eat somewhere else. And I kind of regret that. I, I'm sure it was a wonderful breakfast there, but that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbled. Uh, we didn't really do much else other than stay in the room. The room was so big, there was no pool at this hotel that I can remember. And yeah, uh, that was just kind of the the whole stay was maybe sat in the suite. I don't really have any criticisms. Housekeeping was fine. Front desk was great. It's, uh, I guess the last thing I would say is a location. It's good, not great location. If you like luxury shopping, this is your place. It's right next to the Four Seasons, uh, which probably says a lot about the area it's in. There's a Dior store right up the block. It's pretty close to the Arc de Triomphe and um, somewhat close to the Eiffel Tower. You know, like it's walkable. If It's a long walk, but it's walkable. And I think what we would usually do is, since there's a subway stop at the Arc de Triomphe, um, we would just walk up to that subway stop. It's not too long of a walk, and it's a major station, so you could go to most places from there with not too much of a hassle. Uh, so that's why I say the, the location was really pretty good. We, we really never had to use Uber or anything. We would just walk up to the train and, and get on it and go wherever we needed to go. Transit in Paris is great. I never felt really unsafe on any trains or anything like that. Never felt like we were going to get mugged or what have you. And I guess the only bummer is we lost our first night there because the the flight cancellation. But I, I didn't hassle the hotel. I didn't ask for any points back. I just said, hey, the, on the plus side, uh, when we got to the hotel about noon the first day from our flight, they had the room ready. So... No complaints about that. The second half of the trip was Disneyland Paris, and we calculated that we could take the RER line to Chessy, which is the town where Disneyland is located. Fair warning, if you take the train from the train station at the Arc de Triomphe, I think it's called like George V or something, there will be a lot of stairs involved. So if you're trying to go from Paris to Disney, you will have to maybe possibly carry some luggage. It's not uh, insurmountable. Like we, we handled it, but it was a little annoying. We did get to the train. It's a nice train. It's, it's nicer than you would picture like a, a subway being. There's places to put your luggage and that sort of thing. I think it was somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes to get to Disneyland, and it's a very nice little ride. I don't regret doing it. It was, the price was good, and I I don't even think a a car would have been any faster, actually. 
So we, we didn't have any issues there. We needed to stay three nights at Disney and I went through a long process to figure out what to book for this. My original plan was find somewhere to use points. And surprise, surprise, there is really nowhere to use points in this place, uh, in the vicinity of Disneyland Paris. I think it may be possibly the only Disney park in the world where that's the case. I was kind of surprised because I know there's lots of options in Japan. But no, there was nothing. No, no Hilton, no IHG, no Marriott, no Hyatt. And my second idea was, well, that's cool. We'll just maybe cash out some uh, American Express membership rewards or use some Chase Ultimate Rewards and try to just book a hotel at the park. Uh, there's maybe five or six. And I think the there is a hotel that's at the entrance to Disneyland Paris, and it's very nice. I think it's called the Disneyland Hotel. But the... I think the prices they wanted were absolutely insane. It was like six, seven hundred a night. No, I just that's just not in the cards for us. I looked at the Marvel Hotel, and it wasn't as highly priced. I think it was maybe three hundred a night around for a standard room, but the rooms looked very cheesy and small and kind of cheap as some of the lower-end Disney hotels can be. And reading the reviews, it didn't exactly seem like the Four Seasons. And so I decided to look at other options. I found a property that is located in the city next to uh, Paris, or sorry, Disneyland Paris. It's about a five-minute drive from the park. It's called the Relay Spa and Hotel. Now, this hotel has some very expensive cash rates. It's a very nice hotel. It's like a standard four-star property that you'd find in a lot of these kinds of areas. Very nice rooms. Um, I did some digging and discovered that they were selling rooms on Airbnb for like half the price. I don't know how. I don't really care, but they were. And so for three nights, it cost me $1,300 to book a two-level suite at this place, which was huge. It was like over a 1,000 square feet. It had two separate bathrooms, it had a full living room, a kitchen, the whole, uh, the whole shebang. So yeah, it was, it was $1,300 for three whole nights, and, which I thought was a bargain for what you were getting. At the room, I think breakfast was even included. And the best thing about this property is there is a Mercedes shuttle that is constantly available to take you to Disney and back. And every day when we would go to the park, the shuttle was almost always sitting out front waiting. I don't really remember ever really waiting for this thing more than a couple of minutes. I think they had multiple um, working all around the clock. Drivers were always nice. Shuttle was super new and clean. You know, uh, I think there was actually like an S class as well that you could take. But as soon as we were done at the park, the you would just call the hotel and they'd have the shuttle there just literally like in minutes. It was maybe the best shuttle service I've ever gotten at a hotel. It was truly shocking how efficient 
this thing was. And honestly, I think it was faster to do this than it would have been to stay at a hotel on property and walk to the entrances because they would, they would drop you off right there. Um, so I don't know if they're still doing the Airbnb thing at this place. It's, again, it's the Relay, R-E-L-A-I-S, uh, spa hotel nearby. Cannot recommend it enough. Absolutely excellent. I won't really go into a lot of uh, detail about Disney because there's probably a dozen Disney podcasts that talk about Disneyland Paris. So I don't feel like that's really necessary. I will just say three days was far more, maybe not far more than enough, but more than we really needed. We were trying to be very relaxed about our stay. And so... We could have done it in two. You really just need one day per park, and there's only two parks. And Park Studio is definitely uh, not the greatest uh, Disney park ever conceived. The other main Disneyland park is is the highlight here. I feel like you could just devote one day to Disneyland and then maybe do like a half day at Park Disney and maybe spend the other half of your day at Disneyland if you want or just one for each. We felt like three days was enough to really enjoy everything at a leisurely pace, which is kind of what we wanted to do. We ate at some of the restaurants. Shockingly, it wasn't super crowded in high season. And it was nice. So if you have any like specific questions about Disneyland Paris, you can reach out to me, but I didn't want to waste too much time because that's not really what this show's about, and there's lots of other places to research for that. We ended up taking an Uber the morning of our flight to Charles de Gaulle, and we actually had enough time to go to the Air France Lounge, which was very nice, very open, very large. Um, I think we had some food. It was really good. No complaints there. It's one of the nicer lounges I've been to. And we got on our flight, which is the same, 777. We flew there. I have the same thoughts. Um, it was good. It, it was, you know, Air France to me is very solid transatlantic business class. It's not amazing. It's not bad. It's just very solid. So it's a solid option. I, I don't really feel like I can complain because out of Atlanta, that's one of the only options to get to Europe that's not Delta. And so it's it's really good. I think I still have some points in my Flying Blue account I need to use, and I'll probably use them on Air France or maybe KLM. But yeah, that's, um, that's the whole trip. I don't really think I would change anything except for the stupid Air France cancellation problems and all of that. The hotel was great, um, both of them, highly recommended. And yeah, so that was our summer trip to Paris and Disneyland Paris. As always, um, my email for this is churnandburnpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out. And uh, on the next episode, we will have a special guest with a trip report that is not me. So please tune in, tell all your friends, and thank you for listening. Goodbye.